What's up, youth? It's Pastor Aaron. Stoked for you guys to listen to this message. Check it out. I am continuing our series called uh, The Way of Jesus, um, going over uh, different things in the Bible. Like when Aaron and I first talked about the series, we were like, okay, how often do we actually even talk about like stuff that Jesus did? Our students need to know that stuff. It's super important. Um, so we wanted to do that. But in case you didn't know, which you probably do know because most of you guys are here all the time, which is sweet, um, our weekend sermon series on Sundays is called Practicing the Way. And they kind of like go hand in hand. So on Wednesdays, we're talking about stories from the Bible, things that Jesus did while he was here in human form on earth. Um, and then Sundays is kind of like putting that into practicality. Like, what does that look like in my life? Why do we do the things we do? Why do we pray? Why do we take communion? Why do we fast? Things like that um, we're talking about on Sundays. Spiritual disciplines. Um, so that's super sweet. Uh, but tonight, um, my message is on the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's called Our Father. Um, talking about prayer. Um, and just like prayer, there are a lot of things in our life that have a routine, Right? A lot of things that, like when you wake up in the morning, like you do things a certain way. You wake up, you like you put your pants on the same way, like probably the same leg every time. I've said this like in messages before, but like they say that like you subconsciously shower the same way, like every time. Like I know for me, it's like I'm in the shower, I like get bar soap in my hands, and then I'm like in like in the shower, and then I do like shampoo and conditioner first, and then I do like my face thing to make sure my face is clean, and then I'll like do the rest. But, like, that's my, like, shower routine every time. The same thing happens, like, when you get up in the morning. Same thing happens when, like, you dry off after the shower when you're getting dressed. Like, we have, like, these subconscious routines in our life, right? Maybe, or even, like, when you get to school. I remember when I was in high school, like, I'd, I'd get out of the car. Uh, if I was, like, my senior, junior, senior year, I'm driving. I'd, like, get out of the car, walk to my locker the same way, then walk to class. Like, I'd take, like, the same path. Like, the days were, like, oh, I did something different were, like, really weird. They were off to me. Um, and prayer is sort of one of those things that has a routine. Prayer sometimes can, for us, become really routine, where it's just we're going through the motions. Or prayer, I guess using the word routine in a good way, can become something where it's like we kind of have a way that we pray. We kind of have a pattern for how we pray. Um, and that's sort of how, like, the Lord's Prayer is in the Bible. A lot of people recite the Lord's Prayer, like, word for word to themselves, um, which is great. Like, I believe in praying through Scripture. Um, but it's not, like, a word for word guide. It's almost like it's like a... It's like a manual. It's like how, you guys know Lego sets when you're a kid, how they have like the manuals and you can either like build the manual, like build the set, like the way it comes, like go step by step or you can like add on things over here, like do cool stuff with it but like the base is still sort of the same. Um, I hadn't played with Legos. Do you guys like Legos? Like as a kid right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I hadn't played with Legos since I was probably like nine uh, and for the first time, like, six months ago, my high school friends and I, like, went to Target. We, like, all got Lego sets. And I'm not going to lie, it was a super fun night. Um, except for the fact that my, like, little set caught, took me, like, three hours. Because um, as a kid, I sucked at making Legos. I, like, I would, like, do the set, and then I would stop, and then I'd get stuck, and then I'd start again. Um, I actually found, like, three boxes in, like, my closet in, like, one of my garage. I was like, whoa, all these cool Lego sets, like, these Lego Star Wars sets from when I was, like, six. Um, and I was like, oh, I want to, like, build them. But then on Instagram, I found out that they're, like, worth money. Uh, like, you can, like, sell them. So go check your garages, check your attic, check your closet, whatever, for old Lego sets. Because apparently one of them, like, I think it's if it was new. So it's probably not worth that much because I probably, like, destroyed some pieces as a little kid. But one of them was worth, like, 500 bucks. And I was like, freaking heck yeah, I'm selling that thing because I'm never going to touch that. Um, although, like, I do believe, like, you know in Toy Story 3, that scene where, like, Andy's getting rid of his toys 
and like you're in the movie theater and like you're crying. I think it was like the first movie I cried in. I was like 10. Um, like you're in the movie theater, you're crying, like he's giving away his toys. Like there is like something in that in me where I'm like, man, this, this feels wrong, like making a profit off of these like childhood toys. But I'm also like going to do it anyway because 500 bucks. Um, so uh, sell your Legos, find them. But basically Legos, they come with like the little manual, right? They come with a little booklet. It's super important. And the Lord's Prayer is sort of almost like a manual on how to pray. It's not like you have to say the same thing every time. It's not like you have to do it word for word. It's not like you have to do it a certain way or else it's wrong. But it's almost like God or Jesus is giving us this manual on how to pray. Um, and he says this, this part. It's in Matthew 6, verses 5 through 13. It's in the same sermon that uh, Aaron was preaching out of um, last week called the Sermon on the Mount. It's like five, four or five chapters in Matthew. It's Jesus' like, most famous sermon. And there's so much in there. Like every time I read through that part of the Bible, I'm like, oh, whoa, I never even noticed this thing. Or I never even noticed that part. Like Jesus covers like divorce, lust, how to pray, tithing. Like covers like everything in that sermon. That's why it's like such a, I guess, famous, important sermon to us in the modern day. Um, but um, he gives this little part on prayer um, where he basically has like two main points about prayer and then he says, so when you pray, pray like this and he recites the Lord's Prayer. It's basically a guide. I'm going to read verses 5 through 13 from Matthew 6 and then I'll kind of break it down. Um, Basically, Jesus is saying, uh, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases that the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard by their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, Has anybody ever been confused by prayer? Have have you guys ever been like, man, I don't know where to start? Um, If you are, this is a, like, I hope you, like, tune in right now if you're kind of, like, zoned out. Because this is, like, these next four main points that Jesus gives through how to pray, through the Lord's Prayer. If you don't know where to start in prayer, or maybe you've, like, been a Christian for a long time and you're, like, I feel like I say the same prayers over and over, or maybe you just feel stuck in prayer. Um, These four things are super important on, like, figuring out, like, where to start with prayer. How do I pray? What do I do? Um, But before we get into that, there are two main things that Jesus is telling us through that first little paragraph. The first is that prayer is personal. Prayer is personal. Um, Back then, the Pharisees, all they cared about were pride and works, which, when I think about Jesus, is totally the opposite of who Jesus was. Jesus was a king who he rode into town on a donkey, and he was also the same king who, when he was crucified on the cross, offered salvation to a thief who had never done anything good in his life. The two, thing, two of the things that Jesus was the complete opposite of were prideful and works-based. And that's all the Pharisees cared about. And when he's talking about prayer, he's going against the religious standard at the time and saying, hey, you know what? Like, actually, it's not good to go, like, stand on the corner and yell and say, look at me. Look at how much I'm praying. Like, prayer is supposed to be secret. It's supposed to be personal. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I remember being on, like, sports teams with, like, the one kid. It was usually the coach's kid because, like, and I'm sorry if any of you guys are coach's kids, but usually in sports, the coach's kid was the kid who sucked. Like, like not, like, at the sport, but, like, you just couldn't stand being around him. Um, and if you are a coach's kid, I'm not attacking you, but maybe think about when you were a kid and think, like, was I the worst? Um, hopefully you weren't. And if you were, that you can repent. But basically, um, 
when I was a kid in sports teams, like, the coaches' kids were, like, the most prideful, like, look at me, like, I'm so good at this sport. I think it's because, like, they knew they had playing time. Like, they knew they could not play. They knew they were going to start. They knew they were going to, like, play the position they wanted in, like, baseball or soccer. Um, and basically, like, those kids in sports or school, like, those kids, like, it's really hard. I remember, like, I'm pro- I, I would say I'm speaking for you, too, but definitely for myself. I used to, like, I couldn't stand being around those kids. You, even if it's in class, if there was, like, the smartest kid in class who got an A, and he was, like, oh, yeah, like, just, like, super, like, happy about his grade. I was just like, man, I don't freaking care. Like, it would just drive me nuts. Um, and that's kind of what the Pharisees were like with prayer. Like, sure, they might have been, like, they might have, like, prayed all the time or, like, been, like, quote, unquote, really good at it. I'm doing, like, air quotes for the people on the podcast. Um, but basically, like, the people, like, what Jesus was saying was that it doesn't matter how, like, how much you pray or how outgoing you are about it or how much you're telling people about it. Prayer is supposed to be personal. Um, in verse 6, Jesus says, and pray to your father in secret. But when Aaron and Chase and I and our youth leaders, when we talk about, like, finding a spot in your room or in your backyard or coming to the prayer room or finding a place where you can be alone with Jesus, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about actually finding a place where you can get alone with Jesus and be yourself. We can get alone with Jesus and personally pray to him without caring. Part, part of that, part of it is like, okay, I'm going to focus. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to get in like a routine. But another part of it is, and this is something I struggle with sometimes, is like not, being, not caring what other people think of you. Sometimes when I'm walking in the prayer room, I'm like walking back and forth, and then someone walks by, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to think I'm weird for like standing up and walking around or laying on my face right now or like getting in my Bible and sitting on the floor. Oh, and sitting on the floor. And it's like that's not the point of prayer. Prayer is supposed to be personal. And if you're not, if you're trying to pray and you're having a really hard time, I encourage you, find a place where you can get alone with the Lord. Find a place where you can be personal with God. Find a place where you can, like, have no distractions, have nobody around you, and personally get to know Jesus. Because that's the point of prayer, is to have a relationship with God. The second thing Jesus tells us is that prayer is meaningful. Prayer is meaningful. In verse 7, he says, And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. And there are two things that I got reminded for the, through this. The first is that a lot of times these next few verses in the Lord's Prayer, um, a lot of people will recite them over and over, and they're like, okay, that's how I pray. Which, again, like I praying through Scripture, meditating on it, sitting with it, reading through it, praying through it, totally something I believe in. But if that's the only way you're praying, then it's, there's no relational aspect. You're just saying words. And I think the same thing, the second thing is that I think a lot of times we go through the motions with prayer. We'll sit in prayer and we'll say the same things over and over. Um, we'll be like, okay, dear God, thank you for this day. I pray, Lord, that you would, like, protect me and that you keep me and that I have a really good day at school. Amen. And, like, yeah, that prayer means something. Like, you're praying. It's not like, it's not like your prayer is worth less than any other prayer. But if you're going through the motions with something, how much are you actually meaning it? How much are you actually, okay, I'm praying these words and I mean what I'm saying? Um, the same thing goes for, like, I'm, like, this isn't even the point of the message, but the same thing goes for, like, worship. Like, when we're, we're singing out loud and we're singing worship songs and we're praying, like, how often are we just saying words versus actually thinking about what they mean and meaning them? God, Jesus is encouraging us to pray meaningfully, to actually mean the words we're praying, not just to heap up empty words. I think, honestly, like, God would rather have your honest heart. He would rather have, I was telling a a student this last night, in Psalm 51, um, I think it's Psalm 51, um, Daniel's writing a psalm up to the Lord, um, and he's in pain, and he's saying, like, a broken and contrite heart is like a fragrant offering to the Lord. I'm paraphrasing. But the point is, like, God would rather have your honest and open heart, even if it's literally just, hey, God, I don't even know what to do right now. God, I'm stuck. God, I... 
Are you even there? God would rather have that than just you saying, okay, Jesus, I'm praying, I'm saying these words because I have to say them because I feel like it's the right thing to do. God wants to be in relationship with you. Part of being personal with the Lord is actually having meaningful words, actually sharing your heart with God meaningfully and openly. So this is the two main points Jesus talks about before giving us a model to pray, that prayer is personal and that it's meaningful. And these next four verses, there's four, there are these next two or three verses. They break down into four chunks, and they're kind of like a model for us on how to pray. I'm going to move from really quickly so we have time for small groups. Um, but the first um, is within the first two lines. Jesus opens and he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first point is that Jesus is honoring God as Father. A lot of times, and we talked about this in our staff meeting yesterday at, uh, at, for the people who work here, um, we lose reverence for God. We'll go through prayer and we'll end up kind of forgetting that we're actually speaking to like Father God. We're not just like saying words to someone who's going to help us. We're not just throwing some stuff up to God, but we're speaking directly to our Heavenly Father. And there's a lot of reverence in that. It's like you can open up a prayer and not address the Lord as your Father and not address Him as God and not address Him in that way, and it still means something. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's almost like you're losing honor for it. You're losing respect for it. It's the same thing as when you're at a baseball game or a football game, and you take off your hat for the national anthem. It's like when you're singing the national anthem, are you still singing the national anthem if you have your hat on? Yeah, but it's almost like by taking your hat off during the national anthem, you're doing it out of a place of respect, out of honor. And it's a lot smaller scale compared to the Lord, but it's a similar principle of how, like, how much reverence do we have for God? How honoring are we to him in our prayers? How often do we actually come to the Lord humbly as our Father? Like, how often do we actually get on our knees before God and say, Father, I need you, and present our prayers as an offering to him? So that's the first point, that it, Jesus honors God as Father. And the next comes in these next couple lines where he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily— Oh, wait. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is asking for God's will to be done before his own. He's saying, God— let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And then he starts asking for his daily bread. Then he starts saying, okay, God, like, sustain me. Provide, give me this thing that I need. I think a lot of times something I used to struggle with a lot is that I would treat, especially like middle school and high school, I would treat the Lord almost like a magic eight ball or a genie where, like, I would just go to him with the stuff I needed. But I wasn't super often praying that his will would be done. I wasn't super often praying, like, God, would you come into my life? Would your will be done on earth through my life? Would you use me? It's totally okay to ask the Lord for what we want and what we need. Jesus is doing it here. But it's sort of similar to that same point of honor where it's like the right place of God in our life is not behind our own will, but it's in front of it. It's above it. God's, the bright placement of God in our own life is that it's his will is being done above our own. Do you know how many times in my life I have wanted something or wanted my life to turn out a certain way or wanted something to happen or to receive something, but then it, it totally happened a different way and God had a way better plan for my life. In high school, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to go to Stanford. I wanted to have this whole life that like, I totally don't have now. And I would so much rather have what I have now and have the life I have now and the job I have now and have had the life experiences I've had over the last four years than the plan that I had for myself in high school because God's will was done instead of my own. How often are we praying for God's will to be done instead of our own? It's like I'm encouraging you. Ask the Lord for your desires. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. But at the same time, he knows so much better than we do, and we have to respect that. 
The next part is in these next couple lines where Jesus says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. The third point is repentance. Every single day we have something to repent for. Every single day we have something that we can come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness for. If you went a whole day on your own trying not to sin, you would fail every time. And that's not an, that's not an indictment on you. That's just the way life is. We live in a sinful world. We do wrong, things that are wrong all the time. And I'm not saying this as a guilt trip or as a way to make you feel bad or have anxiety over the things you did wrong. But when we come before the Lord, when we honor him, when we're asking for him for his will to be done before ours, when we present to him the things that we desire, the things that we need, how often are we also examining our own life and asking him for repentance? And then that next line, he says, we also have forgiven our debtors. And the next couple of verses after the ones I read earlier, Jesus talks about forgiving others as our father forgives us. If we're going to be able to forgive others, we have to ask the Lord for forgiveness for ourselves. And then this is the last point where he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Protection and deliverance. Jesus is illustrating here that we need to ask God for help in our daily walk. That we cannot do this life on our own. We might be able to do for a little bit. We might be able to even for a while. But at some point, there's going to come a point in your life where you need to ask God for help, where the only way out, the only way that you can have protection, the only way that you can be delivered, the only way that, some, that you can make it out of the situation that you're in is through the Lord. God is modeling, Jesus is modeling to us that we need God's help in our life in order to stay away from the, the um, temptations of the enemy. Jesus, who is never tempted, sorry, Jesus, who was tempted but never sinned, Ask God to lead him, not into temptation, but deliver him from evil. If Jesus was perfect and asked God for help, how much more do we need it? And so that's, that's really it. It's four quick points on prayer. God is model, Jesus is modeling to us that we need to honor God as Father, that we need to place God's will above our own, that we need to ask the Lord for repentance, and that we need to ask God for protection and deliverance in our prayers. And where I want to land isn't that you need to do all those things or else you're wrong. You need to do all those things or else you're doing something horrible. But where I want to land is actually think to yourself, how often do I cover those bases in my daily prayer life? You don't have, it's not like, okay, every time I pray, I have to cover all these four things or else my prayer isn't good enough. But what it is is that those are four areas of our prayer life that we should be covering on the regular. And maybe you don't even have a daily prayer life. Daily prayer is so important. That's what Aaron's talking about on Sunday. And I encourage you, if I'm speaking right now and you're like, that is a lot, I don't get it, or it's kind of overwhelming, I don't even know where to start, come on Sunday. We're talking about daily prayer on Sunday. If you are at a point in your life where you're like, okay, I want to pray, I don't really know how, I don't know where to start, literally just start by reaching out to God as Father and telling him that you need him. Living your walk, living your life without daily prayer with Jesus Acting like, okay, I have this relationship with God, but I'm not praying. It's like saying you have a relationship with someone without actually ever talking to them. Prayer is like our direct line of communication to God. And without it, like, that's our lifeline. There's no way to sustain ourselves without it. We can try, but it won't work. So that's really it. I don't have, like, a big landing or something like that. But as we, we're going to move back into worship for in a second. So if Chase and Aaron, you guys want to come up here. Just as we're moving back into worship, Think this, ask God for encouragement in your daily prayer life. If it was moving back into worship and you don't know where to start, reach out to God. Ask him just to come into your life. Ask him as father what he wants for you. So yeah, that's it. I'm going to pray and then we're going to move back into worship. Cool? Sweet? Father, I thank you for tonight. I pray, Lord, that 
these students would understand why prayer is important, that they would understand, Lord, that it is the lifeline that keeps them sustained, that it's, it's the direct line of communication between them and you. I pray, Lord, that as we move into worship, that you would move these students' hearts, not because of anything I said, God, but because of something you're doing tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would build up the faith in myself and these students to just strengthen our daily prayer life that we wouldn't shy away from an opportunity to speak with you, God, or to pray to you, but that we would run wholeheartedly into it, Father. We love you and praise your name we pray. Hope you guys got a ton out of that message. I know I did. If you want to connect with us here at The Rock Youth, follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YTH. Subscribe to us on YouTube or Spotify by searching The Rock YTH or text The Rock Youth MS or The Rock Youth HS to 33222 for texting updates on everything going on at The Rock Youth. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed. See you next time.